you have portmanteaux that happen by accident, they're an error in speech. So, for example, my mother, mm. bless her heart, English wasn't her first language. So she mixed up the word delicious with the word elegant. Oh. And she'd say, hmm, this is galacious. <laughs> <laughs> what was her original tongue? Polish? Polish. Polish. Yeah. Sarah Palin did the same thing. She mixed up the word refute with repudiate. Right. And she came up with refudiate. Right. But, but your mother had an excuse. <laughs> yes, she did. Sarah has no excuse, right? You're listening to The Sill Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 97, Digging Words. Portmanteau, Two's Company. People just love to break with words. Two, two words in one. Today we're doing what we do every, oh, three or four podcasts, which is to do a digging words. And we've chosen a really interesting word for you guys today. The word is... Portmanteau. And it's all one word, portmanteau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't know what it is, it's a kind of word that is a linguistic blend of words in which parts of multiple words or their sounds are combined into a new word. So, for example, the simplest one I can think of is smog, which is a combination of smoke and fog. A very common one that everyone knows, email. Email, electronic mail. Motel, motor hotel. Mm-hmm. Right? Which shouldn't be confused with compound words, ah, hmm. right? Compound words are words like starfish. Mm-hmm. Full word star, full word fish combined make starfish. Now, if you wanted to make that a portmanteau... You'd have to take a part of each or a full of one yeah. and part of the other. You could say it's a stish. It's a stish. Right? So that's a portmanteau word. <laughs> <laughs> a few other words came to mind, but... Uh... <laughs> you know, if words like vlogging, yeah. video blogging, mm-hmm. there's hundreds of them, literally. Mm-hmm. One of them is not going to be the whole word. Yeah, it's like truncated parts of two words put together. That could be equally truncated or unequally truncated. Or unequal, as in email, mm-hmm. for example. So, how long have we been doing this? When did we start doing this kind of crazy mish- mashing up of words? Well, the first recorded historical moment for portmanteau was in 1871. Yeah, by none other than Lewis Carroll. Right. The author of Through the Looking Glass, Alice in Wonderland, Mm -hmm. the Jabberwocky poem. And remember the Jabberwocky poem goes, "'Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves and the mome raths outgrabe." And so in Through the Looking Glass... Get this, Humpty Dumpty explains to Alice this whole idea of portmanteau. And he says, you see, it's like a portmanteau. There are two meanings packed up into one word. So that's very interesting because he uses the phrase packed up. Yes. And in the original English, portmanteau meant a suitcase that opened into two equal sections. Right. So there's your two words. And when you put them together, they're one thing, mm-hmm. right? And in French, going back to French, because it sounds like a French word, porte-manteau, P-O-R-T-E dash manteau. Means M-A-N. to carry or to bring. Yeah. To porte means to carry. Yeah. And manteau is a cloak from the old French 
Mantel. So in modern French, a portmanteau is actually a clothes valet, a coat tree, or a similar article of furniture for hanging up jackets, hats, umbrellas, and the like. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit different. So the French really didn't use that word in the way the English did. The English kind of took that word and kind of adapted it to what it means now. Eventually, it came back to the French, and they have a word called a mot valise, which is a suitcase word. Suitcase, yeah. Which is a similar idea. So they kind of took that English mm-hmm. uh, idea of portmanteau, and they took it back, and they call it a mot valise, which is kind of cool. I know what valise is. Yeah. Mot, M-O-T, is word. Oh, word. It means word in right. French, right? right? And so a lot of these portmanteaux that are in use, they're not really in the dictionary as of yet, many of them. Some are. Mm-hmm. Right? Some are adopted every year, more and more every year. But they're a, a part of a group of words called neologisms, which are kind of recently created words, neology being born, right? Mm-hmm. So neo, neology. So neologisms are recent words that are not yet fully accepted. Well, a lot of words, when they first come out as portmanteau words do, they're not really understood that much, or they're part of a, a limited vocabulary that, mm-hmm. you know, say, for example, in the technical world, which is responsible for a lot of these portmanteau words, like email. And a lot of these words have been created and are part of a vocabulary that people still have to learn. Yeah, there's an adaptation period. Yeah, and you deal with seniors and technology, and I'm sure you come up against a lot of people who don't understand a lot of the language, which is portmanteau-based. Oh, absolutely, because they don't understand the basis of that formation. In other words... To understand the portmanteau, you really have to understand both ends of it. Yes, that's right. So if I right. say email, you may immediately understand mail, but if you don't understand the e part. Right, exactly. So that's right. generally the part that most people have a challenge with. Yeah, and it isn't just in technology when no. that happens. So you have an area that borders two regions. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Texarkana spreads yep. across the Texas Arkansas border. Mexicali. Mexicali, Calexico, names that combine those two. Names of companies mm-hmm. are often portmanteau words. Microsoft. Yeah, microcomputer and software, mm-hmm. for example. Amtrak is a portmanteau of America American. and track. Yeah. So a lot of those, Eurasia. Oxbridge is a common portmanteau for the UK's two oldest universities, those of Oxford and Cambridge. So Oxbridge, mm-hmm. right? This also applies to animals. Well, animals like a lion and a tiger. The liger. The the breed could become a liger. In fact, I have a whole list of bizarre hybrids that have been brought into creation. So Mm -hmm. the lion and the tiger is the liger. A zebra and any other equine animal is a zebroid. Listen to this. A bottlenose dolphin, when mated with a false killer whale, is a wolfin. Now, what's important to note before you continue is that in the case of animals, the first portion of the portmanteau is generally the male. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So so it's a liger. You know that it's a Uh lion crossed with a tiger. Okay. So the first portion of the name designates the male. Okay, good. So you have a grizzly bear and a polar bear becomes a growler bear. Mm. Domestic cattle bred with an American bison is a beefalo. There you go. Bred with yeah. beefalo. A male camel and a female llama is a kama. 
So you have these portmanteau genetics going on, if you like, the combining of different animals together. Mm -hmm. Now, you also have the sort of one-off portmanteaus. So, for example, on Thursday, the 28th of November, 2013, Mm -hmm. the American holiday of Thanksgiving fell on the same day as the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah, and it became... (laughs) (laughs) Thanksgivinga, <laughs> <laughs> much to the disdain of all the local rabbis. Exactly, <laughs> they were rubbing, they were gnashing their teeth and going, "Oh, hey, what is this bullshit?" Believe it or not, you have portmanteau in other languages around the world. Yes. I can just give you a few examples of that, which okay. are kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Bulgarian, you have a word that is pronounced "zintuitia." which when you kind of anglicize it, it becomes gin-tuition, which is a combination of gin and intuition. And it's part of an advertising campaign to sell a certain kind of gin. Mm. Right? You have gin-tuition, mm-hmm. right? That kind of thing. So in many ways, this word, even by the example you just gave, it's being used as a, an abbreviated form of saying more with less. That's right. Yeah, kind of contracting mm-hmm. things, right? In um, the northwest of Spain, the Galician language... They have a word, uh, vagamundo, from a combination of vagabundo, a wanderer, vagabond, vagabond, right? And mundo, world. World. So someone who wanders the world is a vagamundo. (laughs) I think it's great. I love it. I love that, right? German. Right? Oh, they're the now, best. They're the German. best. I love the German, <laughs> in German, I love the German ones. But this is a shorty. Okay. In German, if uh, you're not sure whether it's a yes or no kind of situation, uh-huh. you know, yes is ja, no is nein. If you're not sure, you say jein. Jein. Which is yes and no together. Jein. Okay? So you have German. And where the hell would you use jein? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a very good question. When would you want to say yes, no? Thing? Sounds like a comedy skit. Yeah, yes, no. Yeah, right. Are yeah. you coming or are you not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh And then you have uh, Irish, for example. Mm. Now, Brexit is an abbreviation. Sure. Uh, I mean, a portmanteau word, right? British exit. Yeah. And then in Irish, it was breitemacht from Britain, Britain, and emacht, leave. Which is German, isn't it? Well, it sounds German the way I'm saying it. It's probably, ah. I'm probably pronouncing it totally wrong. Gaelic it's Gaelic, right? Yeah. It's Gaelic, okay. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there it is in Irish. In uh, the Hindi world, in the north of India, the Hindi-speaking people speak a lot of English, and they mix Hindi and English together, hmm. and they get Hinglish. Now, this is an interesting one. This is Iceland. Iceland uh-huh. is so kind of uh, emancipated in so many ways. So listen to this. In Iceland, there's a word, tulva, which means computer, but it's a portmanteau word taken from two different words, tala, which means a digit or a number, right, and vulva, <laughs> which means an oracle or a cirrus. Well, that's an interesting... There is a feminine thing. Yeah. So feminine connection to number gives you computer. Wow. That's curious. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So what's the connection there? Well, you don't want to be titillating the tulva. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you do not want to be titillating the tulva. Uh, Indonesian, there's a kind of a, a slang word that mm. they use, kopas, which actually is a combination of copy and paste. Kopas. So that means you're copying other people's work. What language did you say that was? This is an Indonesian. Okay. Uh, I, I would have given a very kind of Hungarian 
Yeah, Cop- yeah, it's sort of a shortish form, Copus. Mm. And then in Japanese, yay, Japanese. Here's a word, karaoke, or as many North Americans call it, karaoke. Oh. Okay. No, it's karaoke. And what are the two derivatives there? Okay, so kara mm. means empty in Japanese. And then they've used the beginning of the Greek word for orchestra, okesutora. Mm-hmm. And they've taken the oke part. And they put the kara with the oke, and it becomes karaoke. Empty orchestra. Empty orchestra. Empty which orchestra. Is, you have to fill in the space, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's an empty orchestra. It's, it's also a great word for all the lousy singers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible voice, empty voice singers. Box, box. This is without doubt the most voluptuous conglomeration of feminine pulpitness that has ever been put together. <laughs> I mean it. it it's, it's just a... Uh, if you look for an epitome of conjuncture, this is it. And they are so demure and so voluptuous and so adhesive and so protruding. It's beautiful. And did you notice how Dean treats them with such tenderness and affliction? It's something to see. It really is. They, they literally fling themselves at his incumbents and he stands there and he's so suave. He's so nonchalant. He just, he's got a certain inner flux that excretes from this man that's, there's an aura of marination that radiates out of him. I don't know where it comes from, but he's got a certain continental savior fear that, that a lot of guys could learn from him. Too many fellas don't have that now. I mean it, men don't have that kind of apathy for women like Dean got. Men today push women into the subjunctive. They give them retard. They do not raise them to the pinnacle where they're supposed to go. <laughs> it's been too long that women have lacked this kind of beautiness. I really mean it. They deserve more. Box, box. There's a whole bunch of other examples of portmanteau from different aspects of life. Hmm. So, for example, in show business, you've got sitcom yeah, from situation, situational comedy. comedy. In food, you've got a cronut. A cronut. Which is a croissant and a donut. Oh. Kind of mated together. There's something butchered. Bread together. That's really butchering <laughs> it. A nice croissant. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that something? <laughs> the French are aghast, I'm sure, oh, yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, for example, metrosexual from metropolitan and heterosexual. You have the word mizzle from a mist and a drizzle, hmm. which kind of combined. And a word we use a lot is guesstimate. To guess and estimate, mm-hmm. which is a very practical word, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's one which I think is fun. It's called plogging. It's a portmanteau word called plogging. Plogging. Plogging mm. from the Swedish plocka for pick up and the English jogging. So it's like if you're picking up garbage as you're jogging, you're <laughs> plogging, <laughs> apparently. Well, that's a very appropriate word for what's happening right now, especially in Sweden, this move for the climate change yeah. and the cleanup. Oh, know? well, sure. It's inappropriate. We've got to get the world plogging. Yes, let's all go out and plog a bit yeah. before we plank. Uh, and then, um, <laughs> and so I don't know about you, Peter, but I came up with four portmanteau words. Mm. They're not all successful. But right. I'm going to give you my four and you can give me whatever you got. So a bus that always lags behind schedule is a blagus. A blagus. A blagus. Sounds like a Scottish meal. There we go, yeah. <laughs> uh, blagus and potatoes. Uh, someone who hums while on the job is a hum jobber. Uh, a murder mystery writer is a murder 
or a kilorite. Mm. And then the one I think that works best is uh, an idea that is destined for the trash heap is a garbidia. Garbidia. A garbidia. So those are my four. And what do you got for me? One of the words that came to mind, which I thought was original, but is not. I thought it in my head, but I heard it yesterday. I don't remember where. A few days ago, I thought of this word called technomics. Technomics? Technomics. Technomics, okay. Which is the economy of technology. Okay. Or related to. Right. Uh, I thought it was original, but apparently it's not. It's not. Or at least someone else used it. It makes Um, sense that it would be a word. Yeah, it would be a word. And many of these words, you wouldn't really know whether someone else has already chosen them simply because they haven't necessarily made the lexicon Mm -hmm. level uh, where it's been recognized as a word. Mm -hmm. So there are probably many words that we're throwing around that may not be known, but are being used somewhere. Right. Because the ones that came to my mind, I used technomics, but like VTEX, which is voice texting or Ah. V command, voice command. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I thought of, in our particular case, I thought of the word pod mix. Mm as a post-edit mix of podcasting, like a short form of pod mixdown. Yeah, cool. Hmm? And then you have portmanteau that happened by accident. They're an error in speech. So, for example, my mother, Hmm. bless her heart, English wasn't her first language, so she mixed up the word delicious with the word elegant, and she'd say, hmm, this is galacious. (laughs) (laughs) What was her original tongue, Polish? Polish? Polish. Yeah. Sarah Palin did the same thing. She mixed up the word refute with repudiate. Right. And she came up with refudiate. Right. But, but your mother had an excuse. <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. Sarah has no excuse, right? Right. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cute, right? And apparently, refudiate was pulled into the dictionary. Oh, yeah. By Oxford. It became the word of the year. Come on. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Oxford chose it as the word of the year. I just wanted to talk a little bit with you, have a conversation about Mm -hmm. what it means that we genetically hybridize animals, schmunk words together to create new words. There's a lot of aspects to this activity Mm -hmm. that speaks about our humanity and what we're doing on the planet. Absolutely, especially now with the technological advances and the texting and the emails and voicing and all of this. Yeah. And our propensity to abbreviate things. Mm Mm-hmm for the purpose of creating context with reduced content. Right. So when you're texting, you're looking for short forms just to quicken the ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. A lot of short forms are a natural progression. Yeah. By the way, one of the early portmanteau words that we think of as a modern term, but is actually from 1896 in Punch magazine, oh, yeah, right. is the word brunch. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that brunch, which is a combo of breakfast and lunch, was so old. No, I, I wouldn't word. have either. I would have guessed that it's in the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. And back then, it wasn't a matter of trying to save time and information and context. Mm-hmm. It was just something that it was a convenient way of expressing that, right? Well, it has some very, very good uses. I mean, one could argue laziness. Yeah. But there are also uh, situations where the word really does paint a picture Yeah. very quickly. And if you think about it in the advertising industry or where you're trying to deliberate or give out messages in quick, succinct form, mm-hmm. it's fantastic to have words that can elucidate almost immediately. Yeah, and the brain is elastic enough to pick up on these kinds of words and to kind of accept them 
Mm -hmm. uh, embrace them in many ways because they are so kind of efficient Mm -hmm. and the brain doesn't have to overwork, it won't. Mm -hmm. It will choose the path of least resistance. And some of them are very natural because they link naturally. Brunch is a perfect example of of that. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, I mean brunch. Mm -hmm. Even someone who's not versed in language would pick that up relatively quickly. Or motel. Yeah, motel, same thing. Same idea. And some, maybe not so much. Yeah. I think there are advantages and disadvantages. The advantage is obvious in terms of communication, abbreviation, brevity. The disadvantage can be, doesn't have to be, but can be in that it does make you a little lazier. Mm -hmm. You don't have to work as much at putting together information or writing or... Yeah, I mean, that's also a kind of a, especially for the younger generation, it's a sign of hipness when you say, let's have a convo rather than a conversation. I think there's that element of it. There's a certain style Mm -hmm. that we have kind of brought to bear with words. Which is actually, when I think about it, kind of old. The whole class system around the world in India, in Britain, was language-based in many ways. The way people used language was different depending on the class. Well, and a clear indication of that are all the dialects within a language. Sure, absolutely. They're all forms of deviating the original word, modifying not only to change the actual meaning of the word itself, but perhaps bringing in other meanings at the same time. You know? Yeah, so condensing these words together mm-hmm. is really a, a kind of a show of style in a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. It demonstrates you're part of a certain class of people or friends, because mm-hmm. often you have little mini vocabularies among cliques of friends. Mm-hmm. If you look into it, you'd probably find that. Speaking for myself, yep. in current times, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it can be taken to a level of almost being an annoyance. Yeah. Some of the phraseology now that, as you say, is popular or considered hip, I don't necessarily view it that way. That's because you're an old fogey. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Perhaps. Well, the fact that I use the word perhaps is probably indicative of that. Perhaps it is. (laughs) Yes, indeed. What Uh, I mean by annoying is that it's kind of overused and it's um, kind of a way of getting around things and not necessarily expressing fully on a particular subject or replying to, you know, yeah. convo, like you said, the word convo. I don't know that that's a huge change from saying conversation. Well, it saves you a few yeah. syllables, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is my beef. I mean, that's the laziness side of it, right? There's no particular reason why uh, the word conversation needs to be truncated to convo. Right. Other than just the laziness of not caring to say the whole word. But then one could argue that it's purely subjective. Why convo and not another word? Yeah, to a degree it is subjective. Mm. And actually to a degree also it's a good thing. And the reason I'm saying that is that language is a bit plastic. It's a bit of a plastic material. Mm-hmm. It's not carved in stone. You know, words have double meanings. You change a letter, you change the whole meaning of the word. Yeah. The context of how a word is said or where it's said changes the meaning. All of that implies the idea that language is a kind of evolving, living thing. Fluid. Fluid. That we, as speakers and writers of that language, have a responsibility towards Mm -hmm. To not just let it die into the old forms. Yeah, and also one of the things that comes to my mind when we're talking about this, I will relate it to swearing. Mm. To me, when swearing is gratuitous, it loses its meaning and its impact. Okay, So so people that swear all the time without any specific reason or purpose, 
Whereas someone who swears... Screw them. <laughs> Sorry. Well, again, again, this is just my <laughs> personal opinion. I'm not saying this is the way other people think, but when I hear someone swear periodically or under certain situations, and I really pay attention and it's very, very effective, but someone who swears indiscriminately... Yeah, it's just bullshit. I find it... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't find it entertaining and I don't find it that interesting. Yeah, they're a-holes, basically, is what you're saying. But anyway, I guess it depends on taste, right? It's like comedy. There's a comic who can do an entire routine yeah. and not use one swear word. Right. And to me, he can be extremely funny. Like uh, Henny Youngman, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. These kinds of I old, mean, old school Old comics. school guys. And even like Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. It, right? And it's very effective. And then you get somebody who swears every other word. Yeah. And I don't find it particularly funny. But then you could also take someone like George Carlin. He will swear. Yeah. But he doesn't swear every other word. Right. But he will use it frequently. But sure. it totally makes sense in the context of what he's delivering. It's not gratuitous, generally. Right. right? Yeah. That's absolutely true. And the other sort of little side angle on this is the whole propensity to manipulate reality Mm. the reality that's given to us. So we're given language. We're taught it as we grow. We acquire it, let's say, through osmosis mostly. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain point where we then take control of it and we manipulate it. We create short firms. We create portmanteau, mm -hmm. right? In the same way that we take animals and genetically breed them. Hybrids. To create a new kind of animal that is mm -hmm. better suited to animal husbandry or racehorses, breeding a faster racehorse, all that stuff, which at a certain level, when you think of it, is actually quite grotesque. Even though in the natural world it happens, yeah. you know, you get coyotes mating with wolves and you get koi wolves, mm -hmm. which is a portmanteau. Right, but course, that happens right? naturally. Exactly. So there are some instances where it happens naturally, but we've really taken the gold medal in uh, manipulating the world we around being, us. We human being beings. human beings. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right? So it's not surprising mm -hmm. that we'd have hundreds and hundreds of these portmanteau words that we've created, like mini Merlins, the magicians, mm -hmm. to create these words to do our bidding, which is what words do. They're magic. Yep. Right? And we wield them like magic dust. The pen is mightier than the sword. The pen is mightier than the sword. Lovely cliche. I we, like we it. We should close on that. I think we probably could. That particular phrase came to my mind now as we were talking, but it's probably one of my favorite phrases of all time. Yeah. It always stuck with me. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. pen is mightier than the sword. Well, it's just to show you that the power of words, words. and conversation, as we're having now, mm -hmm. that can change the world in ways that bombs and wars cannot. Exactly. Right? Because you can actually change while preserving. Right. Not change so, through destruction. So change while preserving. What's the portmanteau for change while preserving? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We've got to put change and preserve together. together. We'll create a portmanteau yeah. for that word. Anyway, okay. Harry, before we close, again, just a reminder to listeners. Yeah. We welcome your comments, messages. Yeah. Thesillpodcast.com, right voice, whatever you choose, yep. we'd love to hear from you. And we're coming up on our 100th podcast, June 10th. We'd love to have your comments prior to that that we can share with people in our 100th podcast. So mm -hmm. send along a comment, audio, or just type it out. Portmanteau. Portmanteau to you. Ciao, Harry. Ciao, ciao.
The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com.